0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the
1: Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Eric Kane from Locked On Vols is going to join us to discuss the latest with the volunteers, search for defensive coordinator, the hiring of Josh Heupel, and much, much more pertaining to those folks over in Knoxville. Also, we'll go around the conference with some more coaching hires across the SEC. The SEC baseball preseason poll is out as their season gets underway next week. And the SEC basketball season is starting to wind down. A monster weekend of games set for Saturday. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots
0: out to the right.
1: Makes the handoff around the conference. And we start at Tennessee as reports are they are hiring Rodney Garner as their defensive line coach. Garner has been in the SEC since since 1990 with stints at both Auburn and Georgia. He also coached at Tennessee back in 96 and 97. Garner has been with Auburn since 2013 where he's had star defensive linemen like Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, Carl Lawson, among others. A little bit odd to hire a D-line coach before you've hired your defensive coordinator, but let's remember it's the same university that hired Kevin Steele days before firing Jeremy Pruitt. But after receiving a Tennessee offer to become Volunteers defensive coordinator, linebacker's coach uh, at Ohio State, Al Washington, reportedly is going to remain with the Buckeyes, according to reports, so take his name out of the hat. Coming up in just a bit, we'll discuss with Eric Kane uh, some of the candidates for the Tennessee defensive coordinator job. But the Vols did make another hire yesterday. Reports say that Rice offensive coordinator Jerry Mack is expected to be the next running backs coach at Tennessee. He's a former head coach at North Carolina Central. He also served as quarterback's coach and associate head coach at Rice. Mack has been on an impressive rise over the past decade and has ties to North Carolina, which could pay dividends for Tennessee on the recruiting trail. He also had success recruiting the Volunteer State during his time as a coach. Over at Alabama, after two years as an offensive analyst, Major Applewhite, we know he was hired a few weeks back as the offensive coordinator at South Alabama, Speaking on Mobile Radio on Thursday, Applewhite said he enjoyed his two years back in Tuscaloosa, but wanted to, quote, get back in the game. Applewhite was one of eight Crimson Tide analysts that earned promotions elsewhere this offseason. Applewhite said, quote, I think it's just the business. I think it's everywhere. I don't think it's just Alabama. I think it's just the business of college football. You see more turnover now. you got more money, more entertainment value, and that's just going to make it more lucrative, and there's going to be more moving around and more changing of the guard. Of course, Applewhite talking about moving on from an analyst after two years in Tuscaloosa. He was also asked about Coach Nick Saban. Applewhite said, quote, you can try to emulate Coach all you want, but you're not going to be able to do it. Saying that uh, Saban is in a category all his own when it comes to coaching college football. Also Alabama and Tennessee related, Alabama is reportedly in the lead to land former Tennessee linebacker Henry Toa Toa through the transfer portal Henry's dad had some quotes out there said Pete Golding and coach Saban have been reaching out Henry's dad said well I can't speak for him I know that all our discussions he wants to stay in the SEC I think he's leaning towards Alabama I mean heavily leaning towards Alabama that Coach Saban is a man of his word and is truly about the player, and I appreciate that. It will depend on the advice and counsel he gets from Coach Saban. So that would be a huge win for the Tide if they can land the former Tennessee linebacker, Henry Toa Toa. Over in South Carolina, they picked up a commitment on Thursday for a preferred walk-on spot from the son of a former Gamecock player. IMG Academy offensive lineman Colin Henrik, announced he will walk on with South Carolina. He is the son of Chuck Henrick, who played for the Gamecocks in the 90s. Gamecocks offered Colin back in 2018. Some of his other offers include Army, Buffalo, and Massachusetts. He's a six-foot-three, 300-pound offensive lineman, played last season at the Powerhouse IMG Academy after transferring from a high school in Washington, D.C., High school football in the D.C. area was canceled because of COVID, so that's why he decided to finish his career at IMG. Speaking of South Carolina, their former starting quarterback from many years ago, Dylan Thompson, he's been in the NFL these past couple years as the character coach for the Detroit Lions. Now he will become the character coach for the Houston Texans. Thompson has ties back to former South Carolina character coach Jack Easterby who is now the vice president of football operations for the Texans. Easterby was in Columbia at the same time Thompson was playing quarterback for the Gamecocks. Dylan Thompson previously was the director of player development at Charleston Southern. Over at Vanderbilt, Clark Lee has completed his first Vanderbilt coaching staff. His final addition comes in the hire of cornerbacks coach Lamar Morgan spent the last two seasons as Billy Napier's cornerbacks coach at University of Louisiana. This news will mark Morgan's second stint with the Commodores as he served as a grad assistant under James Franklin back in 2012 and 2013. The SEC baseball season gets underway next week and the 2021 SEC coaches preseason poll has been released. Florida is the projected winner of the upcoming season according to the 14 league coaches as they received 12 of the possible 13 votes to win the league. So the coaches, their projected standings look like this. In the east, it's Florida at the top, followed by Vandy, Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky, projected to finish last. In the west, Ole Miss, right there at the top alongside Mississippi State. Arkansas, followed by LSU, A&M, Auburn, and Alabama, expected to finish last in the west. Meanwhile, the SEC softball season officially got underway last night. 21st-ranked Arkansas, they lost a score fest with 10th-ranked Oklahoma State, 12-11. to 11. Meanwhile, number 5-ranked LSU took care of business at home against McNeese State. The rest of the conference gets underway today. A ton of games throughout today. You know, a lot of them do the multiple-game tournaments, play an early game in the afternoon, play another one later at night. So a lot of SEC schools in action today. So softball officially underway baseball get underway next week honestly a big weekend of SEC hoops gets underway on Saturday Texas A&M at Florida of course postponed due to COVID issues but it looks like this at noon central 1 eastern on SEC network 1 and 8 Vandy will take on 5 and 7 Mississippi State at Humphrey Coliseum that's a game the Bulldogs really need to get closer back to 500 at the same time 5 and 7 Auburn will take on 4-7 and seven. Kentucky from Rupp Arena on CBS. The Cats postseason hopes basically on life support. This is one they absolutely need. At 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern, 16th-ranked Tennessee is at LSU on ESPN. Both teams are 7-4. This is going to be a really big one. Both teams are coming off of wins, but LSU has lost four of its last six, while Tennessee has won four of its last five. It's a big one for LSU, who's kind of teetering on that bubble life right now. They really need to add a win here to their resume. 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern, 5-7 Georgia is at 11-1 Alabama on the SEC Network. The Tide bounced back from their loss at Mizzou with a road win at South Carolina this week. Georgia, meanwhile, they had won three straight before losing at Tennessee this week. So Georgia kind of in that area battling back to 500. At 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, 7 and 4, Arkansas is at 10th-ranked Missouri on ESPN2. Missouri had won three in a row before they fell at Ole Miss this week. And lastly, 6 and 6, Ole Miss is at 3 and 6, South Carolina at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network. The Rebels really need to pick up a few more conference wins if they hope to make the tournament. When we return, we're going to talk all things Tennessee with Locked on Vols host, Eric Kane. Heading into the weekend, you want to make sure you are taking advantage of some of the games going on this weekend. Tons of college basketball games happening, of course, all across the SEC all day Saturday. We've got NBA games going on as well and everything you could ever want when it comes to NHL. All of it you could find at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to to bet on all of your sports action. Football is over, but man, we were getting right into the thick of it. Baseball is right around the corner. Bet online even has you cover when it comes to award shows, TV shows, reality TV, anything you want to bet on, they've got it there. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. I even mentioned this, you don't even have to bet on the game at the start. You can start mid-game, bet on the second half, whatever you want to do, BetOnline has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website right now. You can even do so on your mobile device, your phone, your tablet, whatever. And when you sign up, you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Have you been to BuiltBar.com yet? Look, we tell you guys about them all the time. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. If you like the Cookie Dough Chunk Built Bar, if you've tried that, you're going to love the Coconut Brownie Chunk. I just got a taste of this the other day. Dark chocolate, coconut with real brownie chunks. It doesn't get any better than that. Look, it is packed with protein, only 150 calories, 15 grams of protein in it, 7 grams of sugar, It's such a better alternative from some of the other junk that you guys are eating late in the afternoons or even after work. I see people going and getting those smoothies uh, jam-packed with calories and carbs and everything else. Reach for a built Bar. It is the best way to go if you're looking to be a little bit more health-conscious in the new year or you're looking to shed pounds. Go check them out at BuiltBar.com. And again, want you to try this new limited-time flavor. You can get it today because it may be gone tomorrow. It is the Coconut Brownie Chunk. Go check it out at BuiltBar.com. And before you check, hit the uh, checkout button, make sure you include our promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get a discount right there at BuiltBar.com. Go check them out today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Rolling along here, locked on SEC, getting ready for a big weekend of SEC hoops action and plenty of stuff to get into. It seems like we're into the football offseason, but man, there is something every day to talk SEC football wise, whether it's one school hiring a new assistant coach or this school still searching for an assistant coach, or in the case of the Tennessee Volunteers. A full upheaval of disruption in your athletic program. You bring in a new athletic director, a new football coach, and still searching for a new defensive coordinator and the guy to talk all things about Tennessee. Is our buddy Eric Kane, new host of the Locked On Vols podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and he joins us now. Eric, how are things out there in Tennessee?
0: It is rocky on rocky top to say the least, <laughs> but uh, I-, I-, I think this fan base is. Uh, kind of used to it by now, so it's uh, a little uncertain. But uh, of course, uh, looking for that defensive coordinator right now. But uh, now things are good, and uh, uh, excited to uh, continue on here with Locked On Balls.
1: Let me take a step back. So when you guys start hearing rumblings that all right, there, there's been some you know improprieties when it comes to NCAA violations under Jeremy Pruitt and hey, there's a real legit chance he could be gone. I mean, back in December and January, are you thinking in the back of your mind, hey, this could really happen? Because I remember when I heard it, I kept thinking, yeah, but they're not going to fire him, right? Like, it just felt like that would be too too quick and too soon. But lo and behold, it happened. What what were you thinking when you heard all those early rumblings?
0: Yeah, I, I was the same way. I mean, I, I didn't think that Jeremy Pruitt was going to be fired for cause, uh, for impermissible benefits. And, and whatnot and everything with this investigation that is still going on right now, mind you. Um, but at the end of the day it was this team was three and seven. This fan base was not happy and um yeah you know, the university wasn't presented with the case. They started investigating into it and I think it was one of those situations where you looked into it and you saw more, you saw some things and you saw more and more and more. And uh the the longer this thing went on, the 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 uh, worse it got for Jeremy Pruitt's and certainly, you know, he was fired on January the 11th. He met with uh, lawyers and investigators about four days prior to that, met with him for eight hours. And, you know, by that day, I think all of us here in the media kind of understood that, you know, it's going to be really hard for him to retain his job. But certainly, I mean, when all this popped up on December the 19th, mind you, that was since his last game against Texas A&M, there no chance that I think he was going to get fired.
1: So... We end up going through the the AD search, which didn't last very long at all. I mean, when you think of, you know, it was basically a week's span from when they announced that, uh, you know, they were uh, making a change and they were going to be looking for a new athletic director and with Fulmer stepping down. Um, they bring in Danny White from UCF and then very quickly they complete a, a head coaching search and they bring in Josh Heupel. What was the reaction around Rocky Top with the hiring of Josh Heupel?
0: You know, this fan base, I think, uh, a little disappointing at first because, you know, for right or wrong, whether Tennessee was actually had a chance or uh, if it was all just, um, you know, all talk, you know, Tennessee's the job was linked to Matt Campbell, James Franklin, uh, Tony Elliott, and, and I do believe Franklin and Elliott both were close to taking this job but ended up, uh, you know, not taking this job. And so, you know, when you're linked with names like that and then you end up with Josh Heupel, I think there's going to be some disappointment, but – you know, nonetheless, I think the fan base is coming around. They're excited about the offense that, that Josh Heupel had on display down in Orlando three years, and uh, you know his teams were you know averaging you know close to 500 yards per uh, per game in total offense and over 200 yards on the ground. So pretty pretty balanced attack, and you know seeing what he was able to do, the players that he turned out, seeing the quarterbacks that Josh Heupel has developed uh, throughout his career, a couple of Heisman Trophy winners. He was a Heisman Trophy runner up himself. And knowing that he has play-calling duties in, in the SEC already, uh, I think this fan base is turning around and, and really excited about it. So, I think at first it took a little while to kind of get warmed up to the idea, but now everybody's on board, mostly everybody's on board, and it's just all about that defensive coordinator trying to trying to lock down that position.
1: That's what I said. I mean, look, the, the... – quarterback play has been so subpar in recent years, and no disrespect to Jared Garantano or any of the guys that have taken snaps at that spot, but man, at least like my buddy who's a Tennessee fan said, look, if we're going to lose, at least lose in an entertaining fashion, like some of the games they had, even some of the wins were just so ugly, it wasn't enjoyable, so at least now if you get some consistency at that quarterback spot, it'll be fun to watch. You mentioned the defensive coordinator spot, man, it's so interesting, the timeline here, right? I mean, we find out in the midst of you know hearing the Jeremy Pruitt rumblings, we hear that they hire Kevin Steele away from you know Auburn to come over to be, and they didn't even say a title. They said he's going to come coach something here. They didn't necessarily say defensive coordinator, but what do you make of when that happened up until basically now where it's, okay, they're buying Kevin Steele out, I guess. He's not going to be here. Give me your thoughts on what the whole Kevin Steele situation is.
0: Man, it's it's weird. I mean, it, it's not just from afar. It's, it's weird here in Knoxville, too. So, yeah, Kevin Steele was hired on by the prior regime. Uh, really good friends with the former athletics director, Philip Fulmer. Um, you know, Jeremy Pruitt hired him onto his staff, and the, the thought was he was going to coach linebackers, and it was going to be a, really just a heck of an addition, to be completely honest. And, of course, everything goes through transition. They didn't want to name an interim coach. Um, that had been on staff before because of the internal investigation. So they uh, promoted Kevin Steele to interim head coach, and it made sense. And then you know if you thought Kevin Steele would have a, an outside chance to maybe get this job, and then uh, he, the head coaching job, and then he didn't. And then I, I don't know. I, I, there's been conversations held with Josh Heupel and Kevin Steele, but I don't think they've really gone anywhere. And, and now you're you know four or five guys down the list, at least publicly that we know about, in terms of who Josh Heupel wanted as his defensive coordinator. And uh, I think too much damage has been done. So nothing has been said publicly as of right now about exactly what's going to happen to Kevin Steele. But the thought is that the two sides are just going to move on. Kevin Steele is going to move on. He signed a two year deal worth $900,000 again by the previous regime uh, a week before it was let go. It's, it's bizarre. Uh, that, that's for sure. You know, if I was, if I was starting this defensive coordinator search, I would have done anything I could to, to let Kevin Steele stay here in Knoxville and call the defense. He's a veteran, he's a play caller, he knows his way around this SEC. Um, that would have been my number one choice. I understand the uh, the the worry there because of what happened at Auburn, because of some things that happened you know elsewhere. Maybe him trying to maneuver to get the head coaching job, but nonetheless, I, I would have started there, and I would have just made him turn me down. But uh, from here on out, I, I don't really know. I, it's you know regardless Tennessee is going to have to pay him a buyout. Tennessee is used to having to pay coaches and athletic directors and everybody else buyouts. So it kind of is the Tennessee way at some point, but uh, really bizarre what's going on with Kevin Steele right now here in Knoxville.
1: the uh, interesting part now is I mean the search is on and there's been a lot of names thrown out there I guess just to kind of run through I mean these are the four names I've heard in just the past week but it started with Al Washington who was at Ohio State pretty well respected guy that they thought would do a good job and then I think uh, Jimmy Hyams and a couple other people report a couple days ago that he's out uh, couldn't sway him then Blake Baker's name came out he was the Miami defensive coordinator the last couple years he just took the LSU linebackers job Supposedly he said no, and now uh, two names I was told to keep an eye on, Casey Rogers, who's the uh, Bucks' defensive line coach, just won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, and also Josh Josh Con- Conklin, who is the uh, head coach at Wofford. Obviously, you're in a good spot being the head coach at a school, but would you give that up to go be a defensive coordinator? Those are just some of the names I'm hearing. Is that kind of the same thing you've heard in the last week, or have you heard anything different?
0: No, that's that's pretty much spot on, and of course it's developing. You know how these stories go. You know when, when somebody uh, looks like is out of the running, a new name will pop up later on that night. But you know, those, especially the last two, are kind of the names that we're hearing right now. Um, it, it, it's just interesting too. It's kind of like you know Josh Heupel or really Danny White trying to find a head coach here. Now Danny White did not want to hire Josh Heupel. At least that's what he said in his press conference, and I believe him. Um, not that he didn't believe Josh Heupel to get the job done, but. He didn't want to do that to UCF, at least that's what he said. But he went out and he, he interviewed, or he at least had conversations. The search committee reached out to a number of candidates. Danny White at least had co- initial conversations with so many people, and at least following those initial interests or those, those deep conversations – uh, these candidates just said, uh, no, no, thank you. I'm, I'm good where I am right now. And now you're kind of seeing that with the defensive coordinator position, too. And not only that, you're going to be walking into a team that's you know, going to have sanctions for the NCAA, whether that be a loss of scholarships, whether that be a bowl ban, whether it be probation, something is coming. You're walking into a mess that is three and is 3-7. You're walking into a mess that you just lost your best defensive player in Henry Twill to to the transfer portal. You just lost your best defensive back, Bryce Thompson, in the draft. And, you know, is a raise really – is a little bit of a bump in salary really worth it? Um, you know, that, that's kind of what you have to weigh right now. For Al Washington, I believe it would be worth it. Um, for another head coach at maybe a lesser level, maybe it's not worth it. So I think those are some of the things you're kind of going through if you're, you know, candidates right now. And Tennessee is uh, reaching out to you about coming to coach in the defense here. So we'll have to see. I think Casey Rogers makes a whole lot of sense right now. Um, he, he's, a, he's a former ball, played here. Uh, He's spent you know, over 20 years coaching in the NFL. He's been a defense coordinator in the National Football League and in the New York market. So I think it makes a whole lot of sense. We'll have to see exactly how much interest he has in Tennessee. I know conversations are going on right now. I don't know the extent of them, but uh, there have been some Zoom and some phone calls the last couple of days. Uh, but I will say one thing about the defense coordinator position. Uh, another element on this you got to be okay with giving up points. You got to be okay with giving up yards and being put in bad positions. Because as you know, with an offense like Josh Heupel's, not a whole lot of time to rest. You're going to be, you know, scoring at a quick pace, or you're going to be hitting three and outs. And so your defense is going to be put in some some you know weird positions in terms of not being able to rest or maybe on the field. So I think a defensive coordinator's got to be really unselfish and really kind of recognize that. Um, It's going to be unique, uh, you know, kind of going up against uh, a Josh Heupel, or complimenting, rather, a Josh Heupel offense. And so uh, it'll be interesting. You know, uh, I think Josh Heupel wanted all this kind of all set in stone by Monday and Tuesday. Obviously, we're past that. So with every single day that passes by, Tennessee fans are uh, getting a little bit more antsier, to say the least.
1: More with Eric Kane right after this. Weather is getting colder That means your car may act kind of funny. It may need things to fix itself. You may need some new parts. You may lose uh, a wiper. You may need something to scrape the snow off your windows whatever you need go check out our friends at rockauto.com they are a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years if you go to rockauto.com you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers i got everything you need even mention they have new carpet whether it's for a classic car or a daily driver like you and me you can get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog very unique, remarkably easy to navigate and quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from the brands, specifications and prices that you prefer. And best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com always reliably low and the same for pros or do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend twice as much for the same parts at some of those auto stores around town? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you do so, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so that they know we sent you there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Hey guys, betting on the SEC does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue our conversation with uh, Eric Kane, host of uh, Locked on Vols here on the locked on a podcast network of course here on locked on sec we're uh, looking ahead look I, like i said the, the college football season has ended but it never ends with us we're always looking ahead to next season always wanting to start looking at the depth chart and all that one more thought on the football team you mentioned some of the names in the transfer portal uh how I mean, what is the optimism level right now that maybe they can save some of these guys from transferring elsewhere? Because you know, you mentioned Henry Toa Toa. I heard his name. You know, maybe even looking at Alabama and you know some of these yeah. other guys who really played a big role in this team this past year. Uh, what is the likelihood they can keep some of those guys there?
0: Well, uh, a lot of these guys have already transferred somewhere else. You had three players that into the transfer portal and starting the tackle Wanya Morris, starting running back Aaron Gray. And a key backup player, which was actually Tennessee's top prospect or top signee in the 2020 class, and Keyshawn Lawrence. All those guys are off to Oklahoma. Ty Chandler's off to to Carolina. DeAndre Johnson's heading to Miami. Um, you know, a couple quarterbacks headed over to, to the West Coast to play. So a lot of these players have already announced their destinations. Ray uh, Johnson transferring to Texas Tech uh, in the SEC. He's an offensive tackle as well. Colbert Crouch, who joined Henry Tuilou in the transfer portal on the same day, he is taking classes at Tennessee in person. He is with the team, going through workouts right now, and the thought there is he is going to give this coaching staff a chance uh, during this uh, during spring practice. And so, um, you know that that's a positive right there. Henry Tuilou was also taking classes as well, but he's doing it back home in California, so all that's online. But uh, per some uh, some recent reports coming out uh, in terms of uh, publications covering Alabama, does not look like Tua nor his father have any uh, anticipation of returning back to Tennessee. So uh, I think Culveras Kraus is a guy to look at right there. But everybody else uh, that's into the transfer portal really is already gone. It's is announced its next uh, destination, and um, we'll have to see exactly what happens with Tua
1: were you impressed with how they were able to finish so strong in recruiting and actually keep a lot of those kids that were already committed uh, in the class?
0: Oh, for sure. You know, Jeremy Pruitt, you know did a really good job with this class. And,
1: and I said,
0: regardless of your thoughts on recruiting, regardless of your thoughts about the early signing period, I think all ball fans can be thankful for the early signing period because Tennessee uh, inked 19 players on December the 16th. And that was following a three and seven season, and so yeah, there, you know, Hudson Wolf left, left the class. Uh, Terrence Lewis left the class. There were some some heavy hitters who were in that class that still left, but you know, Tennessee finished with a top seventeen recruiting class after all that. Uh, that's very impressive, and you know, Tennessee was able to go and address some needs uh, here in this you know the national signing day when got a better a offensive tackle from the JUCO ranks and a JUCO a playmaker and a kicker from USC. So i uh, very impressed that, you know, really the the, the bulk of this class stayed together. And only two players who signed in December have really expressed any interest in being left out of their national letter. How that works out, you know, down the line. Of course, that's a process, as you know. I believe Tennessee will let them out. But we'll have to see what happens with Dylan Brooks and Cody Brown. But overall, very impressed that this class stayed together. Uh, amidst a three and seven season, where Tennessee really was just embarrassed for a good portion of that season before the final couple weeks of the year.
1: In your opinion, what is the timetable on how quickly Tennessee can be a factor in the East again? I mean, I think uh, most level-headed Vol fans are not expecting much this coming season. We already, you know, we already know the schedule; it's already out. But uh, is it, you know, maybe after this year that they are competing in the East uh, by year two of Josh Heupel?
0: Yeah, um, you know, throw out twenty twenty one. I would, I would assume, but anything after that, I, I think it's on the table. Of course, you know, Florida and Georgia are going to always be there. Georgia, Florida and Georgia have always have always been problems for Tennessee. Have always been the biggest competition uh, in the East. Off to a really, really good start. Uh, you know, under its new coaching regime as well. But it, it's about getting these young players in there, getting a quarterback established and ready to roll that can be here and play for a couple of years as well. And so. Uh, you know, Josh Heupel. It's not going to be night and day. I don't think Tennessee is going to be scoring, you know, thirty six, thirty seven points per game here this first year that he comes. But the more he, I, I think this offense will be better, without a doubt. You know, just stepping foot on campus for Josh Heupel because the offense was so bad in you know twenty twenty and in twenty nineteen. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a haul. You know, maybe maybe twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three and beyond. But You've got to continue to recruit. You've got to develop more so than this previous staff did this last year. And uh, you've got to be able to keep guys in the program because right now, uh, none of those are happening here on Rocky Top. And so it'll be interesting. I'm looking at 2022 and beyond for Tennessee, you know, probably 2023 to be completely honest until Tennessee, you know, feels like it can play a, play a role in the SEC East race.
1: As we wrap up, Eric, a uh, quick look on the basketball side of things. A, A monster, monster game coming up on Saturday between Tennessee and LSU. The Vols go to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. Both of these are teams that at least a couple weeks ago looked like they would both be in the tournament, but LSU, they've now lost four of their last six they did get a big win the other night, a dominating win on the road at Mississippi State. And the Vols, after their uh, hiccup against Ole Miss, they've bounced back with wins against Tennessee. Uh, I'm sorry, Kentucky and Georgia. Um, big game on Saturday. What do you expect from the Vols going on the road to Baton Rouge?
0: Yeah, it's 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 been uh, you know pretty good the last two games as far as Tennessee's offense is concerned. Because you know, I've said all season long, Tennessee. You know when do we say that? This just isn't a good offensive team for the Volunteers. But in you know, the last two games, scoring in the 80s, you're finally seeing these two five-star freshmen kind of kind of take control, and and maybe that is the identity. It's certainly been the identity the past two games. Whether it be uh, both of those guys going off at Kentucky and Jaden Springer and uh, and Keon Johnson, or you know one of those guys going off and scoring a career high 30 points like last or like a couple nights ago against Georgia and Jaden Springer, and then. Keon Johnson, you know, landing at number two on sports Center's top ten plays with that that dunk. So uh, that's been the identity for Tennessee here recently, and and that's good because Tennessee is always going to play at a high level of defense. And if your offense could just find any type of rhythm, uh, that's going to you know make you feel really really good heading into these critical matchups. And so uh, you know, it, it's good right now. LSU is going to be a challenge for sure. Tennessee's playing better on the road right now. Uh, following that uh, that fifty-two to fifty loss at Ole Miss a couple weeks ago, which was uh, not good, but as long as Tennessee continues to feed these freshmen and let them get out and run in space and play a uh, good, to, you know, good to above-average defense, like Tennessee, you know, going to be in any ball game. And so, uh, February is the real challenge. You went through some growing pains in January, February. A couple matchups matchups against Kentucky, LSU, Auburn, all on the horizon. We'll get to see exactly what this team is made of here in the month of February. And and so far, so good. It's about consistency for this team. And he got two pretty good wins in back to back. And we'll have to see if he can get the third one here on Saturday.
1: Yeah, only five games remain for most of the uh, teams in the sec of course we've had games postponed we'll see what the league does about making those up prior to the sec tournament so we'll uh we'll see what happens with that but yeah crazy to think that this season is already we're already near the end of it already and this is where a lot of teams are going to help build up that resume for the uh, selection committee uh over these next couple weeks he is eric kane host of locked on vols on the uh, locked on podcast network eric thanks so much for the time i really appreciate it and uh let our listeners know what they can find on the podcast this week.
0: Yeah, so we are tracking the defensive coordinator, surge. We are talking Tennessee basketball, everything the ins and outs of Tennessee football and basketball here on Locked on Vols, at Locked on Vols on Twitter, and uh, really excited to be joining the show. Um, you know, Josh Ward did such a fantastic job, and really it's an honor and a privilege to take over for him, and so really excited about it, and um you know, there's never a dull moment here on Rocky Top. So uh, <laughs> we've got all the news you possibly can need uh, every day, Locked on Vols um, with Eric Kane, So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Follow him on Twitter at underscore or Yeah, Eric, it's been – look, man, We like I try to spread the wealth here in Locked on Lockdown SEC, and we have different guys on with all the teams. I have talked more with the Locked on Vols guys uh, the last couple <laughs> weeks than anybody because the Vols have been the center of the SEC world. So it's been really uh, interesting. But I uh, appreciate the time, man. We'll talk again soon.
0: Absolutely, thanks so much.
1: All right, there he is, Eric Kane of uh, Locked On Vols, does a, a fantastic job, and um, you know, as he mentioned, Josh Ward, longtime host of Locked On Vols, kind of handing the the reins over to Eric Kane, and uh, as you can see, Eric knows his stuff, really, really good, and uh, looking forward to talking with him again in the future. Well, I'll say this, maybe not, because if every time we talk to Eric, it seems like something dysfunctional is going on with the Vols, <laughs> so we're hoping that. They start to get their uh, stuff together, and um, maybe Tennessee will be uh, a positive influence in the SEC over these next uh, handful of months. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks again to Eric Kane. Big weekend of SEC hoops ahead. Again, just a reminder, if you guys are looking to bet on the action, do so at betonline.ag, and you can uh, get in on some of these SEC games if you feel one way or another about them. We'll be back next week. Got some fun stuff playing for you guys next week. We're going to do some quarterback rankings looking ahead to next SEC football season. I kind of separated them all into tiers with the vets and the newbies, and we'll run through all that next week. Also, we'll continue having on some of the guys that are uh, draft prospects getting ready for the next level, guys who just played in the SEC that are preparing for the NFL draft. We'll do that as well. Plenty more to go. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, you can always check us out at LockedOnSEC.com. Talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend.